Keeping a person living with Alzheimer's engaged and productive is important, but as their disease progresses, being able to do the activities they once loved becomes impossible. Activities offer important benefits like cognitive stimulation, the opportunity to connect with another person, relaxation, and more. If you're caring for a loved one with Alzheimer's, you may sometimes struggle to find activities that they are capable of doing without adding stress to your day. What options do we have to keep them happy, healthy, and productive? Finding the right balance between what is good for them and what is good for you is an endless challenge. It's a challenge that is fraught with emotional struggles. Is it even worth the bother? This is the challenge we're discussing today. Welcome to Fading Memories, a supportive podcast for those of us caring for a loved one with memory loss. Welcome back to Fading Memories. I hope you guys had a fantastic last week. Are you following us on social media? If you're not, you definitely should. I post things daily, helpful information, cute dog photos, and more. Also, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube page, Fading Memories Podcast. I post specific bonus content on YouTube that you will not get anywhere else. Enough of the sales pitch. Now let's get on to the show. Joining me today is Judith Levy. She wrote a book on activities to do with our family members that have Alzheimer's or dementia. So thanks for joining me, Judy. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you. Well, what prompted you to write the book? Oh, let's see. (laughs) My mother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's at 88. And I was the child that was it. So I have a brother and a sister, but I was the primary care manager for my mother who had dementia and she had it for 10 years. And she died at the age of 98 and she was healthy until she wasn't. So I wrote the book because I had to. (laughs) I can relate to that. I had to write the book. So yes, that's why. It was my way of dealing with my mother's illness. I think I started a podcast for that reason. Did you? (laughs) I started the podcast. I don't know if I told you this when we talked before, because I had done a lot of research trying to find ways to connect and do things with her. And I came up with a headache and blurry eyes and not a lot of good answers. And so that that was the... That was part of the catalyst for starting the podcast. So I can completely relate to what you were going through. I don't think anybody that wrote or did anything for an, about an illness did it without some personal reason to have to do something to do it. I, I would go down to my basement in the morning and I would go to the computer and I would pound out another idea and then I would try it with my mother in the afternoon and if it didn't work, I would think, oh. And then i go back the next morning, I'd pound on the keyboard and do it again. Um, it, uh, by training, I'm an occupational therapist. So I had worked 40 years as an occupational therapist from pediatrics to geriatrics. And as I said in my book, um, when you're a therapist or when you're working as a clinician, at the end of the day, you say bye-bye and you go home and you're done. When you have a family member or a loved one or a care person that you're taking care of, you don't go home at the end of the day and turn it off. It's there all the time. And I wanted, um, we were, we were really lucky that my mother had a, a caregiver that we were able to hire to stay with her. And, but I wanted the caregiver to do things that I wanted her to do. And I wanted to know if they worked or not. And I wanted the caregiver to be thrilled to be participating in the specific activities so that she felt necessary. And it was, so it was a means of Judy the therapist doing an activity and Judy the, uh, the Judy, I'm sorry, Judy the therapist assessing if the activity that Judy, the daughter, came up with worked. And Judy, the therapist, having the assessment be a means for the caregiver to communicate what did or didn't work. So that's my book, kind of. 
(laughs) (laughs) And how many different activities did you come up with for the book? Well, I wanted, my goal was to have 50 activities, but I, the book describes how to change the activity. So can I give you an example? Oh, definitely, please. Okay. My mother was a very sharp woman and she was exceptionally social and she was a bridge player and she was very smart. She was articulate and she was just a super card lover. She, until she couldn't play bridge anymore. And then we played gin. And then when she couldn't play gin, we played war. I don't know if you know what war is. I do. I'm not sure I've played it. My husband is ruthless when it comes to games. So (laughs) this is like little kid grandchildren game. I just taught my granddaughter how to do it. And she's four. So if you have a deck of cards and you divide them in half, you turn over a card and your partner turns over a card and whatever card is higher, that person wins and takes those two cards away. And you keep going until you both turn over the same card number. So if you turn over a seven and I turn over a seven, it's war. And we put three cards face down and then turn over a fourth card. And whoever has the higher card gets all of those cards. And the way that you win is the person that has the most cards or all the cards wins. You can stop whenever you want. But we have progressed from playing bridge to war. When we couldn't do war anymore, we sorted the cards by color. So some were red and some were black. And I mixed them all up and she had to separate colors. And then I had her look for the number four or I had her look for the number two, or I had her look for the man picture. So that the cards became an activity. So it wasn't just playing cards. So that's not one activity. So one activity became eight activities. So I guess the book has 50 times, I would say like 400 activities if you read it. So, but what it does is it tries to show different levels of the same card game as how to change it. And that's just one thing. So I, for anybody that hasn't seen the book, I'm going to hold it up. There it is. Activities to do with your parent who has Alzheimer's dementia. Yes. And it doesn't have to be a parent. No. (laughs) It could be a sibling. It could be a child. It could be a brother. It could be a friend. And um, I'm sorry I put the word parent, but that's what I was dealing with at the time. But some of the topics that it includes, and I'll give a couple, so I'm not boring here, um, is the alphabet, baking, um, dominoes, counting, laundry day, self-care activities and stress, sequencing, um, and some of the other resources in it are definitions that you might come across, activity resources, Alzheimer resources, a sheet on preventing caregiver burnout, and home safety checklist so that you're safe. That's Again, that's the OT. <laughs> that's the therapist in me. So... But basically what I wanted was a means for caregivers to communicate and for them to not burn out and to offer a structure for whoever was going to be with my mom, that it not just be, let's sit and watch television. Yeah, my mom doesn't track with that anymore, although one of the caregivers where she lives says that she's recently started coming out of her room at night, about two, three o'clock in the morning, and sitting there and watching TV with whoever's on duty at that time. And I'm not sure she's actually watching TV. I think she, I'm not sure what's going on. And when we talked before today, I said, she's got a neurologist appointment early January, 2020. So I'm going to, there's some things that happened between the September visit and this January visit that I'm going to talk to her about, including your suggestion to see if she's got cataracts is we had an interesting day this week. Our Rotary Club has the, uh, one of the high school has a choral group that does Christmas carols. So they're, we hire them to come sing at our, the last meeting of December. So it's a tradition. 
Um, last year was at dinner time, which worked okay for mom. And I was really glad it wasn't at dinner time this year because she's she struggles a lot more in the late afternoon. And I, I just didn't want to deal with that. But our downtown city park has Christmas trees, probably 30 of them. And they're decorated from different organizations and businesses. And like one of them is from a local pizza shop. And they basically had cut out cardstock. It, it was like an olive and a pepperoni and a mushroom. So they basically decorated the Christmas tree like a pizza, which I thought was really cute. So we went there and she is so afraid of falling, which she doesn't do. She's done it once when she tripped over a parking curb. I had her and her friend and my mom always likes to walk behind me, which this is one of the reasons why I try to get her not to. She stepped into the parking lot and that was fine. And then she tripped over the curb or the, you know, the parking bumper. So she's always watching her feet and I'm trying to get her to enjoy the trees. Now, some of them, they've got smaller ornaments. Some of them were in the shade. And I'm like, I know she's going to have a hard time deciphering what we're looking at here, but the, the trees with turquoise, there was a frozen one and there was a mermaid one. So we've got teals and corals and, you know, non-Christmas colors in the bright sunlight. And she just seemed so disinterested and it was so disheartening because I was, I, I thought about it. I thought about it with, based on what you had told me before, you know, when we had our little get together phone call and I'm like, this will be it. You know, she'll really like this. We're not going to go look at the Christmas trees when they're lit because you know, one, it's later in the day and it's cold and, and I didn't think she'd be able to appreciate it you know, at four or five o'clock in the evening. So I was very, it was very frustrating because it's like, really? It's like, what else can I do with you? It's like, I'm pointing it, you know, I, I'm, I'm holding something and I've got it like right in front of her face. And it's just, it's like, I don't know. I know she'd had a rough morning because the caregivers gave her a shower, which she always hates. She fights with them, which is another thing I'm working on with them. So she started out grumpy, but she was super happy to see me and she liked the music, although she didn't connect with it as much as she has in the past, which is interesting. And I was just really surprised. And it's really frustrating because it's like, I really don't want to sit in the memory care residence, have all the other residents harassing me for things like I need to go home or how do I get the hell out of here is a comment I hear a lot. So it's just very interesting. You know, I don't, the, Let's see. A year ago, the neurologist thought she could live 10 years. And I don't think she thinks that anymore. So it'll be interesting to see what she has to say in the next couple of weeks as to what's going on. Like they have, they, they can only guess. So it's kind of, it's going to be interesting. I think any change is really difficult. And change like Christmas, when you've celebrated a certain way and it changes, it's like, just kind of like, it's sad. The whole thing is sad. It's just, it's sad. And change is sad. And I, I have a couple reactions. And my, I, so the reactions that I have is one, evidently it was too many things going on around her to focus so that it might be even better to go into a, um, a mall where they have one tree that's beautiful instead of going into so many trees that you don't know where to focus because everything is so gorgeous that it's a lot. So I, I think the the more, uh, if somebody's more confused, then it's easier to focus on one thing than it is on too much. It's too, it's a lot of stimulation between the music and other people and all the colors and lots of things. And if she's afraid of tripping or whatever, it just may not be um, something that she can do anymore. Yeah. So I, didn't, and, I didn't think about it being overwhelming which when you say that it's like duh um, well you're in it you're in the yeah. middle of being in it so um the the other thing is it's if you made a christmas tree with her as an activity um somebody was just telling me that they used they cut out paper in the shape of a tree and they brought the tree in and they gave q-tips and dips and to dip it into paint to make ornaments to put on the tree, which I thought was kind of neat because when they were finished, they had a Christmas tree with ornaments on it. And I thought that was, oh, that's kind of neat. 
Um, I just saw something else that I thought was exceptionally clever that Martha Stewart did in a magazine. She took a, a cake that was, uh, I, I want to say it's a panettone. I'm not sure what it is, but it's that, you know how it's got the bunt shaped cut, cut-ins? Yeah. They cut it like a layer cake and they twisted each layer and it formed a Christmas tree mm. and they put powdered sugar on the top and then they had a dessert of a Christmas tree, which I thought that was kind of a neat activity. Um, she's really clever, Martha Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> Credit where credit's due. And, um, but sometimes the difference of, of the stepping over, going from a light surface to a dark surface is also visual. Not even cataracts, it can be anything. So it's really good that you're taking her to the eye doctor. It's, it's really good. Because um, yeah, when you said that, it was like, that kind of makes sense. You know, I, we went out early spring 2019, whatever year this is, which is almost gone. <laughs> and there's a regional park very, very, very close to where she is. There's technically two. One is, it's got uh, a big reservoir and they've got an attached pool to the reservoir. It's very, it's kind of an interesting setup. And like I mentioned many times, she likes to watch kids. So we go out there and we'll walk. Um, and it's mostly flat. The problem is, is there's not a lot of bathrooms real close. And sometimes lately she'll announce that she's got to go right now. <laughs> right. So, you know, I tried to... I try to keep it really simple for both of us so that neither one of us gets upset and stressed. And then the other regional park is, and I've mentioned this a lot also, is part of the Mount Diablo State Park. Um, it's it's the uh, Black Diamond Mine. So anybody wants to do a little history research, it's where they mined coal and silver and um, then sand for glass. Very fascinating. And we, you know, there's very large walking paths and they're they're not flat but they're not it's not like hiking it's just not walking on concrete and so 2018 we could walk out there I mean she was slow she watched her feet a lot she would kind of plod along extra carefully but that's okay Um, it was a little frustrating but this year she literally walks bent over watching her feet and I know from experiences and research that when you wherever you're looking is generally where you're going to end up so if you're looking at the ground I'm a cyclist so I also know these things don't watch your feet while you're cycling watch ahead of you um I cannot get her to stop looking at her feet and we went out on a day that was sunny it was chilly was sunshiny and so there was lots of long shadows from the branches of the trees across the path oh my lord (laughs) Watching that woman try to navigate around the shadows was super fascinating and super irritating all at the same time. And I thought at that point, I was like, I don't know if we're going to be walking in the park in 2020 because this is a real challenge. And in the fall, this, you know, this, the, the recent past, I take her to an actual city park with actual flat sidewalks and, and we don't, you know, we don't digress to the grass very much either because the change in texture under yeah. her feet throws her off. And sometimes she literally throws on the brakes. So she's, you know. Do you have a walker? she have a walker? No, because she doesn't need it. It's her brain that's broken. She walks just fine. When I. Are her I, shoes fitter? Yeah. We just replaced those recently. Um, although it's amazing. I've now like Monday when she was at rotary, she was tapping her feet and I looked down and I was like, she's got her shoes on the wrong feet again, <laughs> which when we went to the dentist earlier this fall, she had her feet on the wrong or the shoes on the wrong feet. I'm like, I don't even know how you do that. They're just slip on loafers. They're not great for walking at the regional park. I can tell you that I gave up putting her in my tennis shoes, which thankfully we wear the same size. So because just the act of putting the shoes on her, you, know, you have to open them right. all the way up and help shove her foot in. And if you, she, I think she's very sensitive because if you, you know, anybody that's put shoes on a little kid knows what kind of grip you have to have on their ankle. She howls like you've, you know, kicked her. That's why I'm asking if, if she's got something with her feet. 
that maybe her she's looking at her feet because her feet hurt. Does she have, I, I don't know. I'm, you know. I have a podiatrist that comes in the um, residence. I think it's every six weeks. And Did you look at her? Take, oh, take off her shoes and socks and look at her feet. Um, I mean, they just look like old lady feet to me. Um, my mother had a problem that it didn't occur to me I, that her shoes looked worn. And it was because she had never trimmed her toenails. Oh, well, that's what the podiatrist that comes in does. Yeah, so I, did that, I did that once. I did one time, I know. That was all it took. Yes. I, I, I feel your pain. Yeah. Well, and it's just, it's like, I was her, giving, having her do pedicures and, yeah. and manicures and all that other stuff, but getting into the pedicure chair was always a little bit of a, challenge and like I, I've said a million times and I'm working on her and it's getting better she will not hold my hand she will not take my elbow if if I put my hand out flat and say use my hand for balance she is a little bit more accepting of that I don't know why but hey it works so I'm not questioning it but as soon as if she's like stepping up from the street up the curb into the park like we did on Monday I swear these four inch curbs, man, it's the bane of her existence. And so I said, well, what happened is her toes hit the, um, the rise part. And so of course, then we got flailing cartoon arms going on. I'm like, ah, you know, so I grabbed her just so that she would feel balanced. And then she shrugs me off. Like I'm just some creepy old person, which is really irritating. And then, so then I held out my hand and I said, Use my hand for balance as you step up the curb. And she tried to resist it. I could see the fight going on in her brain. And I just stood there with my hand out, you know, like a door person. Didn't say anything. Didn't keep reminding her anything. I just held it out there. And she finally did use my hand. And then I kind of gave her a little oomph up the curb, which she doesn't need. She walks just fine. I've gotten in the habit now of saying, Hey, I don't like it when you walk behind. Walk next to me. We can talk together better. And then she'll hustle along and catch up to me. Like, you don't need to walk behind me. You just do. I I know why. Because they get that tunnel vision. But oh, yeah, yeah. I I really, my husband and I were just discussing. I'm like, if she does have the cataracts and we, you know, then I have to decide is is worth doing the surgery. And I'm like, I think it would really improve her life you know, at this point, but I'm also nervous with anesthesia on somebody whose brain is so profoundly broken. So exciting things for me to look forward to in a couple of weeks. <laughs> I, uh, I, I wouldn't take her out to go for walks. You sound like you want to, because I would take her to a mall where it's flat and the lighting is even, or I would take her to just some place that you know is a it's got a beginning and an end and it's not like you're going into the woods or going anywhere because the shadows, if she's having a difficulty stepping over thresholds and difficulty with shadows, it can be from dementia, it can be from macular degeneration, it could be from anything, and that's all visual that to check it out. Um, but you want to have a wonderful time with your mother when you see her. <laughs> And if, if it's difficult or hard, don't do it. I mean, I, 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 I once my, I took my mother for a walk. We had a, um, in New Jersey, they have reservations out here. They have, um, it's different. And we would go to the mall because if the weather was snowy and icy, like you were talking about before, where can you go walking? You can walk in the mall and they have, the mall is open early for walking. And um, as opposed to shopping, the shops are all closed. You can only window shop, but they have walking groups that walk in the morning. And what was interesting that they have um, places to sit, they have coffee to go and get coffee. You can sit and have breakfast, but there's no shadows on the ground where you could trip. There's no steps. The shoppers want you, you know, they, the, the stores want you there and they don't want to eliminate anybody that can't manage steps. So um, we would go there. We would sit down during the day. If we went, we would sit and watch the children play on the indoor amusement. That was good for an ice cream cone and watching the children and then take her home. And it was enough. And 
when I took her to the, to the reservation to go for a walk around the pond, she got so short of breath. And this was a woman who was a dynamite. Oh my God, what have I done? I'm in the middle of God knows where, what happens here? And I'm by myself with her. And it's just, that was my last time doing it. So mostly what I do is I take her to local parks. There's one, it's like five minutes. It's like literally one stoplight away from where she lives. So you have to cross one major road into a neighborhood. And then there's a park next to an elementary school. So when I get there on my Monday visits, it's usually about two-ish. The kids yeah. are still in school, but this park has had more kids in it during school hours. So they're obviously younger. Oh, yeah. And as the school lets out, kids come through, they play a little bit, you know, so there's a lot of activity and she just loves to watch. Loves it. Loves it. Yeah. And yeah. we just sit um, on the bench. There's a bathroom that's not terribly far away. So got all that covered and it's really close to where she lives in case of some sort of emergency. Although I think there's a fire station pretty close yeah. to, I don't know. Well, to look at that next time. And that's kind of what we've been doing this past fall. Our last trip to the park was veterans day. Cause it was nice. Mm -hmm. Now it's not. And that all works. But one of the reasons I like, there's two reasons I take her out. One it's, it's, it's a benefit for both of us mentally because she is, People tell me, well, you should be thankful she's still verbal. I'm like, I'm not so <laughs> sure I agree with that because she is not conversational. She will, this is my, I'm not sure how often I've mentioned this story, but there was probably late last winter, she was, we were sitting in her room and she says, well, so how is your family doing? And she's very hostessy. How are you doing? What have you been up to lately? What is your family doing? That is a pretty much all she asks you. And I said, oh, and I said, oh, my daughter. So the granddaughter is doing X and she's really happy and I'm doing Y and blah, blah, blah. And my husband's doing Z and blah, blah, blah. And she looked at me, thought about it for a second. She goes, oh, bullshit. <laughs> and I'm like, excuse me? I'm like, I was so dumbfounded. I'm like, okay, you think I'm your best friend, so those answers made no sense, I guess. I'm not sure. So I'm like, we can't even have that kind of conversation. So now if, if, and I, there's always a, a precursor body language that that question's about to come. So I sometimes interrupt it. And other times she'll say, so what have you been up to lately? And I'll say, well, same old, same old. How about you? And she'll go, eh. <laughs> that's about it. So See, that's, that's a lot of interaction for her. <laughs> Well, it is. It's, it may not meet your needs, but it's meeting her needs. But see, then if you have an activity, it's, look, I brought this for you. Let's, I would switch it to something else. See, I'm going to have to try. Well, I know when we did our little, I think I told you about the craft project I did two years ago with her. Super simple. You know, couldn't screw it up. And it was, and this is when I discovered that her visual processing was shot. I had to keep coaxing her through it. And she'd say, well, I don't want to do it wrong, which is another thing she says all the time. So it's not just with a new project or a new situation. And she kept saying, now, what am I doing again? And why am I doing this? I mean, it was literally every two minutes. And I'm like, I can't take this. And then I tried to have her sign her name because this was gifts for the grandchildren. And that was stunning because she couldn't do it. And I was like, this is really eye-opening and it was it was so dramatic and I'm like I'm not doing that with her again and then we did try some of the coloring with the other residents because I like it it's relaxing and I thought okay this is something we can do together nope so I have not found an activity that she can actually do and I've given have up you done um I want to say like a potato print um they do it with sponge printing have, I'm old enough to remember potato okay. prints. <laughs> a potato printing, yes. I don't know if kids do potato printing anymore, but if you did a sponge that was in the shape of a heart, rather than sign your name if she sponged a heart, and that was from grandma, so that she's succeeding, you can't mess up. And then it's just, it's a simple task. It's not, it's not more than anything. Let's, let's just, you can put the paint on the sponge and just say, mom, press down on my hand. And that's it. 
And look at that. That's great. The kids are going to know you love them. And then move. That's it. So that's a, that's a success. If it's got too many steps to it, it gets harder. So part of the issue, like with the cards that I was talking with Bridge, it was too complicated. So then it, it got, I kept taking away the complication of it until it just got to let's talk about red and black and separate by color. So, well, I have an Uno deck, or at least I think I do. I know my neighbors have, they have like four decks made into one. So maybe, maybe I'll take the Uno deck and see if I can get her to separate because that's very simple and they're very bright colors because I'm not sure she could do the red and the black. Well, there may be too many colors in the Uno. Uno has green and red and black. Start with two colors. Or yeah, that's start a good with, point. And maybe... You don't have to use the whole deck. That's true. You know, take like 12 cards. And because if it's too much, it's too much. It's like the too many Christmas trees. If it's, if it's too much, it's too much. So if you have the cards and you have a whole deck of cards or Uno cards and take out the yellow or take out opposite colors. Yeah, that's what navy, I was thinking about. Was like one, Take out four navy blue and four yellow. And mix them up. And if she does it, it's not bad. Take out four reds and throw them in and see how she does. And when she reaches a point that she can't do it, you know, it's time to stop. That's, that's your maximum. Well, I'm definitely going to try that because now it's wet and cold and foggy. And um, like a year and a half ago, the start of winter 2018, I tried to get her. We were at Costco, which is not a place I'll ever take her again. <laughs> And I forgot what we were doing there, but we, were, we weren't there very long. So that was a good point. But they had these wonderful jackets. And it had a little, the way it was a, like a trench coat and it was fitted and had a little belt around the waist. And it just, it looked fantastic on her. And it got rejected. I think it was like 30 bucks. It was like, pff, the coat disappears, not a big deal. It looked good on her. Nope, sleeves were too long, reject, would not consider it. Even though the jacket I was wearing, I'm like, look, the sleeves are too long on me too. It's just the way it is where you got short arms. Would not hear it. I'm like, fine, whatever. So she doesn't have, in my humble opinion, a proper jacket. And I'm going to fix that for Christmas. I'm just going to go buy one that I know will fit her. Fortunately, it's she and I are about the same size. So that's not terribly hard. I'm hopefully going to find one that the sleeves aren't too long or it's got something around the wrist that you can push them up because I have a really nice jacket and I have to fold the sleeves and it's it's just dumb. So I have to keep her inside and I, my plan has been to take her from the memory residence over to the assisted living just for a change of pace because the other reason I like to take her out is she seems... And it's very, very subtle. I'm not sure most people would even notice unless it's somebody like us. She, when she's out in the sunshine and watching kids, there's just that, that small percentage of a little bit more vibrant, a little bit brighter. And like I said, she's very far, you know, very advanced Alzheimer's. And, she, you know, <laughs> there is very little light in the eyes left at all. So just a little bit. You know, she always seems so much better and she appreciates it so much. So it's like, okay, I'll go sit on the bench and watch the kids with you. I actually put my head back and look at the nature. And I, I have my own little like self-care that I do because I was starting to get really bored. I don't, I have one child. I don't need to go watch everybody else's kids. <laughs> that's not my idea of a good time. And so that's not an option right now. So I'm going to try that with the cards because I can't, I can't sit with her having her ask me the same question and then give me an answer like I mentioned before. <laughs> well, it, it, my mother, I remember she called, we went through a time where she called the police all the time. Oh, Did my. You know yeah, she would call nonstop. So it took a while till we realized that we should remove the telephone from her room. <laughs> but every time she called the police, the police came. And every time the police came, I had to go. And each time the policemen, you know, I knew all the policemen at this point. But and then when it stopped, it's like, oh, my God, she's not doing that anymore. And it's like it's a it's just this phase. And then we had a time she would call me all the time. Judy, where are you? Judy, where are you? Judy, call me. Judy, call me. Judy, call me. And she used up all the all the um, 
space that I had on my uh, answering machine. Oh, wow. And it, it, so it didn't work. It, there's like certain things that just, they work and then they don't work. And that um, when my mother didn't know who I was, that was terrible. I mean, and then it was like, okay, she didn't know my name, but she was happy to see me. When it didn't work to go to the mall because it was too much and you're talking about too much, we would just go out and walk around the driveway and come back inside. And that was enough. So nobody says that your visit has to be an hour. Nobody says that you have to go somewhere. Nobody says that you have to see Christmas trees the way that you saw Christmas trees. And the benefit is that you have permission to not do it. Do you, it, it's like, give, you have permission that it's better, I'm going to be with you now and you're with her 15 minutes and that's all that you can take because that's all you can take. Leave. Come back late in the afternoon for 15 minutes. You were there for an hour, half an hour. Nice job. You did a good job. Nobody says that you have to be there for half an hour solid and give yourself permission. So if time to go out in the evening is bad because of sundowning and difficulty, don't do it. And if it works for 15 minutes to go to the park and look at little kids and have an ice cream cone while you're there, fine, then go home. You did a great visit. Good for you. Because that's enough of a break because they're dealing minute to minute and you're overwhelmed minute to minute. It it just is very, it's very difficult. And unless somebody's going through it, they don't know what you're talking about. So, um, well, I think that's going to be, have to be my, I don't want to say goal. I go on Mondays after my rotary meeting because I'm already out. And I used to sometimes work on Monday afternoon, sometimes not. It was like the most flexible day, which I know is kind of funny because Mondays are rarely flexible for anybody. And there were other reasons that Mondays worked. So I go, that's the only day I go. So I go, I was going for two and a half, three hours. Now it's two, hour and a half sometimes. And I was telling my husband, I'm like, it's hard to, it's hard to feel like you're doing the right thing when you, you, you keep cutting back, cutting back time. So I might have to find two days where I can go for half an hour, which might benefit me because I come home Monday so brain dead. And I do have a new, I stumbled upon like a, a fix for being just like physically exhausted, mentally exhausted, just useless. I, my husband was doing something and he said, when I'm done with whatever it was he was doing, I'll call you and let's meet at whatever, where we're going someplace for dinner. So I didn't have to worry about dinner. I didn't have to worry about anything. I sat in the recliner, popped in my earbuds and listened to an hour long podcast. And when it was done, he texted me, I'm done with my thing. I'll meet you at whatever restaurant we were going to in 15 minutes. And I'm like, I actually feel like a useful person again. But that's when they talk about taking care of the caregiver. Mm -hmm. And if you're burned out, because the worst thing that happens is you're not any good to anybody Mm -mm. and you still have a life. And for you to give up your life, to give it to your mother is not fair. I don't think your mother, if she was healthy, would be asking that of you. So you have to give what you can happily. And if it's destroying you, (laughs) give yourself permission to, to do it. You've got her in a safe situation, which is like, aren't you? You're very fortunate. Mm -hmm. She's in a safe situation. So if you went twice a week instead of one time altogether and it was too much for you, break it up. Yeah. I think I'm gonna have to try that at least during the winter when going out to the park to watch the kids is not practical. One, they're probably not there. And two, I don't need her catching pneumonia because it's freezing (laughs) and I don't want to sit in the cold dank park with, you know, like right now it's, you know, I'm in Northern California and it's foggy and it's thick, wet fog. You can't see more than eh, 15, 20 feet. So there's like, you would not want to go sit in the park today, no matter what the kids were doing, they could be putting on a, you know, fantastic program and you'd be like, yeah, five minutes of this and I'm done. And I was laughing because you said, you know, go, go to the park, you know, get watch the kids have an ice cream cone. We did do that. It might have been Veterans Day. 
I don't remember, but I'm not doing the ice cream cone again either because I was smart and I put it in a dish this time, not on a cone. And I cannot tell you the disaster that woman made with that ice cream. <laughs> she forgets things are in her hand. Right. And so the ice cream is dripping and it's melting out of the cup and it wasn't hot because there's no way in Hades I would do that in the summer because you just have a mess. And it was just, it was such a mess. She had it on her. She got it on my, you know, in my car, which I have leather seats. So that was no big deal. I had a, you know, bottle of water mm-hmm. and a towel. I just, you know, cleaned off the seat, you know, no biggie, but it was like, eliminate the ice cream. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm not doing this again. I forgot why I thought that was a good idea. <laughs> it might have been at that time, a good idea until it wasn't. See, that's the thing. It's a good idea until it isn't. And then it's like, okay, time to change. So, Some things that were important are no longer important. And I think that's the hard thing. It's very hard to let go of some of those, you know, traditions. Like she was here for Thanksgiving. She had a good time. She handled it well, considering I basically picked her up at three o'clock. So I picked her up at the time of day when she starts to be less social. But she talked to my daughter's fiance's mom and they, who are my Daughter's fiance is the youngest of five and his oldest sister is pretty much the same age as my sister who's younger than me. So he, his mom and my mom are close in age. So they chatted, you know, it was not stimulating for his poor mom, but she, she dealt with it. And we were, we did good for about three, three and a half hours. And then it was hysterical. Um, The, my daughter's fiance's sister has an eight month old who was sitting on the floor just happily playing. Her sister, who's I think 10, is very close by. And my mom's like, oh, look at the beautiful baby. Oh, isn't she so sweet? And she's so cute. And literally, it was like a switch flipped. What in the hell is the matter with those people? I'm like, whoa. Time out. And I said, and I'm like, okay, she's concerned that the baby's just been abandoned on the floor. Okay, whatever. So I'm like, I said, oh, you know, it's okay. The baby's fine. Her sister's right here. Her dad's right there. She just kept ranting. I'm like, time to go home. (laughs) That's it. It's time to go home. Yeah. And I knew it was like 730. So I'm like, she's had a day and she had a good time. And I was happy with that. So I, you know, and I've been my, because my dad was in the hospital for the entire month of December, 2016, And we had no Christmas that year. And it was my daughter's last Christmas at home. So I I have issues with that. And now the daughter thinks that she and the fiance should be able to spend Christmas Day, just the two of them, which makes me nuts. (laughs) So I feel like, okay, all of our traditions changed abruptly all at once. And I I would like to do nice things with my mom, but I want to make sure I have a nice holiday. And I'm not having a lot of success balancing those two. Next time, consider having a holiday when she doesn't know what day of the week it is. Well, she doesn't know what day of the week it is. So Right. So celebrate the day on another day and save the day of for you and your family. Well, that's kind of what we're going to do this year. For people who like to go back and listen to old episodes, thank you. This is um, December 19th, 2019. Yep. And uh, there's a cocoa, what do they call it? There's a cocoa social at her residence Saturday, the 22nd. Monday, the 23rd would be a normal day to go visit. So right now I'm debating, do I do and go go and do the social where there'll be more people, maybe too much stimulation, or do I just go on Monday, bring her gift? I don't know. I got a couple days to figure it out. <laughs> I would go on Monday when it can be you and her together and it's quieter That's and do that. That's kind of thinking. Maybe take her to lunch because we don't have if rotary. cocoa works, I, I don't know that I would even take her to lunch. I would just bring her a dessert or something or and and do Christmas gifts and a, you can bring a mini tree for her room or something. And that's... Well, she's got a may- little ornament tree, which is really cute. And I keep finding it like all in different spots. I'm not even sure that she's aware of it. She may not be. I don't know who put it in there. I personally wouldn't bother because it, I don't want to say it upsets me. It, it makes me mentally uncomfortable. I'm not sure that's even a better term to realize that I don't think she 
has a clue. I mean, they decorate the, even the memory residence is decorated, not overly so, but there's a tree. There's at least one, might be two. And, you know, so it's, they at least acknowledge the holiday, but they don't make it a big deal for obvious reasons. And they have to be careful that somebody doesn't pull off an ornament and eat it. <laughs> I hear horror stories all the time about that stuff. And, you know, it's, it, she just, she doesn't know what day of the week it is. Although it was very interesting on Monday as we were leaving Rotary, one gal, you know, was very sweet. Oh, hi, it's nice to see you, blah, 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 blah. What's your name? And my mom actually told her her name. I have not heard my mom be able to tell somebody her name in so long. I was like, first I was shocked. And then I was like, oh, we're pulling that. I'm going to be the good kid for the new person. <laughs> you know, like when your kids are small and they behave well for right. the neighbor and they're just a total monster to you. I'm like, oh, that's what we're doing. Okay, got it. It was so funny. So, but I like the idea. I think I might bring a Christmassy cupcake. Although. The Christmas The day, and I would do it the day before. I would give her the present that you're going to do it. Give her the cupcakes, great, or a cookie that's not going to make as much of a mess. That's and true. see here again, I'm trying to think holiday and we don't have to worry about holiday. <laughs> it, it's not important. It's, it's hard not, to let go of that. It really, I'm right. surprised because I'm but a very practical person and it's really hard to let go of that. That's, but that's why do it on what's good for her. I'm not saying get rid of Christmas. I'm just saying don't make it, it it's different because she can't handle it. So, and you are going to feel that you you let something down, even if it's yourself. Why do that to yourself? That's true. Yeah, it's, it's a fun balance trying to, to do right by her and do right by me. It's like one of us is going to lose, and I hate, I don't like that situation. <laughs> well, it is difficult. <sighs> do you have one, one last advice on, I mean, we've talked a lot about my mom, which I know people appreciate because they tell me that. But do you have um, advice for maybe somebody who's, loved one doesn't seem to have quite such a visual processing issue oh boy (laughs) what advice the the hardest thing is what you're dealing with because it's it isn't the activity even though I wrote a book about activities it isn't the activity it's the interaction the interaction is the activity Okay, so what you want to do is have a positive interaction. It didn't matter that my mother didn't know my name to me, but it didn't matter. It wasn't important. What was important was that we had a connection and she was thrilled to see me. When she was really, really, really pissed at me, because she could do that too, and I could be the same with her, I would leave the room and say, I'll be right back. And I would walk out of the room and shut the door and come back in and start all over and say, hi, mom, how are you today? And it was a brand new day because she didn't have the connection from one to the next. So it's, it's, it's take a breath. It's give yourself permission to not. um, And people that have not been through it, will not understand what you're talking about. So they're going to give you great ideas that aren't, you, they have no clue. They have. No, I remember my mother was 90, I think she was 90. I don't think she was 95. I think she was 90 and my sister and her husband and my husband and I took my mother out to this fancy restaurant. It was so stupid. We took her to a fancy restaurant to go for dinner and we wanted to order her a special dinner. We were really being stupid, okay? We were going for what was important before what she would have liked rather than what was important then for what she could handle. And she ordered a chicken salad sandwich. We were out at a steak restaurant. And so we said, well, mom, they don't have a chicken salad sandwich. And her answer was, well, then I'm not going to eat. I'll just sit here. Okay, and you know, you can see this happening and you know that you're doing it. You know that you were a fool to be there in the first place, but you like did it. So I said, okay, no problem. Sit there. That's fine. We'd love to have your company. And I ordered a dinner that I knew she would eat my dinner. 
So I ordered salmon and gave her half and she said, oh, this is just delicious. So what I'm saying is if you go with it, it's like your mother with the coat. She didn't like the coat. It wasn't right. She wasn't the one that chose it. It didn't matter. And you, if you bought the coat and say to her, I'm going to get the coat, what do you think? Is it nice for me? She might have reacted differently. I, or I would buy the coat and then give it to her at another time. That could be your Christmas present. That's what's so going to that, happen this year. Yeah. It, it's your fight. You're going to fight a losing battle. And so the way you frame it is my mother wasn't eating chicken salad at that restaurant because they didn't have chicken salad. And, but rather than have her continue with her hissy fit, we just continued with the conversation. And we said, that's okay. That's fine. And I ordered for her and she was thrilled and I was hungry, but she was thrilled. So it made for a more pleasant evening. So that's my takeaway is that the interaction is the activity the benefit of an activity that's successful or even not successful is for the caregiver, it's, it's satisfying. You're not going to change the person that has dementia. They're not capable of it. And as hard as you try, you're going to hit your head against the wall. They, they're not capable of changing. Nope. They want to please you but they are not capable of changing. So the interaction is what's important and there should be no guilt because why should you feel guilty? You're doing the best you can. That's it. You're doing the best you can. If an hour is too much, then you have permission to do half an hour. I'm definitely going to try that. I think I'll, so I'll try two days. You can say I gave you permission. So it's Thank permission. you. You're welcome. It's permission to do what works for you so that you can continue to go. Yeah, because that's getting that's hard. And I know other people in the her residence, I, because I go on a Monday afternoon, I don't ever see other family, very rarely. Right. And But I know there's a lot of them that don't get much in the way of visitors. And that's sad. And I totally understand why. And then I also th think that, you know, they should try harder, but it's it's ugly. But you can't speak for anybody else. No. You can only speak for you. And it's and it changes you. I mean, it just, you know, changes you. That is true. Well, I yeah. like it. You said it's the interaction, not the activity. And just to give no, you... No, I said the interaction is, is the, activity. the activity. Right. Thank you. And you're giving... You just have to give yourself permission. I like, I like what you said. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play that back again. <laughs> Okay. Um, my pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been fantastic and I appreciate your time today. Oh, um, thank you. I'm, I'm going to make sure that there's a link to your book in the show notes so people can go and order it. Hopefully their family members are not quite as far along as my mom and they can get more out of it than I probably would. So make sure you guys check out her book. Thank you, Jennifer. You're welcome. I did take Judy's excellent advice and planned a very nice one-on-one -on -one lunch with mom for Christmas on December 23rd, 2019. I bundled mom up in her new coat, put her in the car, drove around the building to the front of the assisted living part of the community, and we had a fantastic lunch in the assisted living dining room. Mom opened her gift. She was very happy and keeping the visit to about an hour made it just very easy and very pleasant for both of us. So I thought, hey, I'm on the right track. Finally, you know, listen to people. <laughs> it doesn't always uh, hurt. Unfortunately, I had planned the same type of lunch for December 30th, 2019, but I had gotten a call late that morning that said mom had fallen some reason they had not been able to get a hold of me and they had taken her to the ER where she needed stitches and they checked her out. Fortunately, for the most part, mom was fine. My husband and I went and visited with her very briefly and I thought, fine, I will go back on the 31st and do what I had planned for the 30th. I had an actual simple activity with cards planned 
I was relaxed and happy and expected it to be just a terrific dime like it was on the 23rd. Unfortunately, it was a nightmare. Mom was fine when I picked her up. I did the same thing, bundled her in the coat, put her in the car, drove around the building, blah, blah, blah. And we kind of fell apart after that. She struggled tremendously to eat. I've noticed that lately she does have more difficulty with utensils. And despite the fact that it's a little bit icky, I don't object to her using her hands. She won't let you feed her, so there aren't a lot of options. I have to get over some of the icky sometimes. She struggled and struggled to eat with the fork or the spoon or her hands. It was just awful. And I just kept smiling and encouraging, and I offered to get her a different menu item because I thought maybe that was the problem. And it seemed like everything I said just made her angry. The only coherent sentence she said was, I think I need to go back to my room. And I was smart enough to know that that was the case. By that point, we'd already had some snarky words because she kept saying, yes, mother, every time I asked her if she would like a different menu item, if she wanted help with her lunch. Any polite thing I said was I was responded with, with yes, mother, or some other very rude turn of phrase. So when she said she needed to go back to her room, I immediately stood up and grabbed her jacket and, you know, basically held it up so she could just get in it because she, like I said, does not like help. And it went downhill even further from there. It was such a nightmare and she was kicking up such a fuss that the lovely woman who works at the community part-time, she does the activities, came over to me and said, does she belong over in memory care? To which I said, yes. And she offered to get somebody, one of the caregivers from memory care to come over and help escort mom back to her room. Unfortunately for all of us, I knew that mom would pitch a huge fit and kick and scream and fight if we had done that. Or at least that's what I assumed. Because the gal that was trying to help us out was so kind, I said, look, The car is literally outside the door. If you can just keep her calm for a few minutes, I will grab the car, we'll put her in it, and we'll just end this nightmare. Mom had tried to run away from me in the dining room. It was just, it was just unbelievably ugly. So I got in the car. She put mom in the car. Mom totally ignored me. I walked mom into her room. She, I asked her if she wanted to lay down, take a nap. She goes, no, I'm just going to sit here. And I said, okay, that's fine, and I left. And unfortunately, I cried all the way home. This is the first time that I've done that. And trust me, when we first moved her into the memory residence, it wasn't pretty at all because mom cried and sobbed and boo-hooed and didn't understand why she was there, and it was just the first month and a half was awful. So I'm going to try again. We have, as I mentioned, a neurology appointment um, on the 6th. So you will be hearing this on the 7th. Hopefully things go better on the 6th and the neurologist maybe has some some simple solution. Not a simple solution, but any kind of fix to make it a little bit better. Maybe mom was just having a super bad day on New Year's Eve. I have no idea. My husband's going with me kind of to act as a bouncer. Mom responds much better to him, which is really super annoying to put it mildly. So watch on social media because that's where you're going to find out what happened yesterday because I am recording this obviously before the 6th and hopefully this is not the beginning of more ugliness but I'm struggling to really believe that. Mom has never been a fall problem. She's now fallen twice, not in a few days but you know (laughs) twice in 36 hours was more than enough. So stay tuned. Hopefully I can bring you an update, but definitely catch me on social media because that's where you're going to get the most up-to-date information. Well, you've made it to the end of another episode. Thank you so much for joining me. If you found this episode helpful and informative, please give us a five-star rating and review on Apple iTunes 
This is how new people will find us. Also, be sure to follow us on social media. All of our accounts are linked in the show notes. And as always, I will be in your ears again next Tuesday.